Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. A young attorney has the chance of a lifetime. Bill Chadwick Waters, we want you to come to New York. All expenses, first class, travel and lodging, you and your wife. Oh my God. He will enter a place of wealth and ambition. We've got 40 partners vested at the moment. In addition to our corporate clients, we're currently representing about 25 foreign countries. He's got you scheduled for 15 minutes, so make the most of it. John Milton. Kevin Lomax. Well, what's that like? One day you're putting them away, next day you're setting them free. Takes a little getting used to. Pays better though, doesn't it? Welcome to Babylon, Ma. Speak of the devil. <laughs> a world of power and seduction. Who's that with the senator? Controlled by one man. <laughs> I swear he can hear us. Hell, he can smell us. He will make your dreams come true. Want to come upstairs and... Now? <laughs> he will grant your fondest wish. I'm just warming my hands on your talent. You know what I see? I see the future of this law firm. He knows your greatest fear. Milton is into everything. Arms brokering, chemical weapons, toxic waste, money laundering for the Eastern Bloc. I mean, it goes on and on. I don't like it here, Kevin. And he knows the price of your soul. Let's make a play. Who are you? Oh, I have so many names. I'm here on the ground with my nose in it since the whole thing began. God likes to watch. He's an absentee landlord. Keanu Reeves. He's always been there. I know that now. Al Pacino. As God sleeps late. We will win. It's my time now. <laughs> the Devil's Advocate. Welcome to Neon, the podcast that takes pop culture and reveals the history that's lurking underneath the surface. I'm Jem Daduchu, and this time round, we're gonna have one hell of a time. It's going to be devilishly fun, because we're going to be looking at Devil's Advocate, the 1997 movie, and Lucifer, the TV show because we're focusing this time round on Satan himself. Which means, more than anything else, we're going to have to look at legends, myths, and 
theology and the concept of evil, how it's changed in different cultures, how we view it today, and indeed the misunderstandings we have about our very own Judeo-Christian concept of the devil that's in your head right now. So allow Neon to do a little bit of psychological experimentation on you over the course of this particular podcast. You've got here, Brenda. This guy has been creeping around since at least 1700. Not possible. You've been here for three and a half hours. How many different ways do you want me to tell the same story? Notice anything unusual about Santa Carla yet? No. It's a pretty cool place. I'm impressed. How many questions does it usually take to spot? As your leader, I encourage you from time to time, and always in a respectful manner, to question my logic. Now to run a computer check on this tape and the professor. Dodge this. The tracks go off in this direction. So let's get down to it then, shall we? Let's talk a little bit about the Bible and various different views of evil through the ages and civilizations out there. When you look at early religions, there's invariably a pantheon of gods. There's a group of gods. And quite often there's one looking after the underworld. And quite often there is one that's considered warlike or dangerous or one to be avoided. They have many names in many different cultures. But what's interesting is that that concept of evil continues into monotheism. The idea of one particular powerful deity. And you may be thinking, look, just, just call them God, Jem. But actually, the first monotheistic faith is not Judaism. It's actually something called Zoroastrianism. Still exists to this day. It comes out of modern-day Iran. And indeed, at the time of you know the Xerxes fighting the Greeks and all that kind of stuff, the Persians were actually monotheistic. They worshipped Ahura Mazda, the god of light. And indeed, they have an eternally burning fire in modern-day Iran, that technically has been running since the time of the of the clashes with the ancient Greeks about two and a half thousand years ago. It was mocked by other cultures as being fire worship, and it absolutely isn't. It's a symbol of light, but of course if you have light, then you have dark as well. And you might be thinking, ow, oh, Jem just spat out the name of a deity there, and I think I recognise part of it. Yes, it's Ahura Mazda. Mazda. Mazda's not a Japanese word. The Japanese just wanted to find a word that sounded good, that Japanese people could pronounce, and meant something positive. So they actually nicked a worship today deity and named a car after it. It would be a bit like, instead of Nissan, you've got the Jesus vehicles. It is pretty disrespectful, but no harm was actually meant at the time. So... 
let's get into these different movies and a bit of pop culture and then we'll go go into the meatiness of, of what it all means shall we so let's start with the first one the 1997 movie devil's advocate keanu's had a varied career i think we can all say that we can all agree that this is one where he has to be slightly cocky and also slightly dumb and a little bit arrogant and certainly at times out of his depth and that's what keanu's good at okay so he's perfect fine in this movie he's not brilliant this isn't the matrix but he's fine in it however he has a new boss called john milton as in the philosopher uh, and um uh, that's played by al pacino and he's very shouty and very charismatic and spoiler he turns out to be the devil it's also the film that kind of brought most of the world's attention to Charlize Theron. Now, she had done a few movies before this, but, you know, only a few. And suddenly she's the wife to Keanu Reeves. And indeed, she's gone on to win an Oscar. She's become a feminist icon in Mad Max Fury Road. She's had an amazing career. So you've got a pretty good cast going on there. And really, what it all boils down to is Keanu's a lawyer... He does everything within the realms of the law, but it's not necessarily morally right. So it raises the argument of illegal is not necessarily the same thing as immoral. And that's something I think modern society still struggles with at times. And it leads to a, a contrived, let's be honest, a contrived big showdown at the end between Keanu and the devil, i.e. Al Pacino. And there is, it's, it's not a showdown in the sense of getting guns out or throwing spears at each other, flaming with the powers of God or anything like that. Nothing like that. It's actually more of an intellectual debate. And I think there's an awful lot of screenwriters out there who love writing from the devil's point of view. Let's go back to the 1960s and the highly controversial song by the Rolling Stones, Sympathy for the Devil. So let's go back, shall we, way back, as I said, to all these early religions and all these concepts around good and evil. If we look at Zoroastrianism, if the light is Ahura Mazda, then there has to be a dark. And even though it's the first monotheistic faith, the idea of this darkness is it has power, power to be feared, power to be avoided, but it has power. Because if you're looking at all these polytheistic religions, no, you know, Thor is powerful, but he has weaknesses. So there's also Loki and all the other ones as well. Um, but in this case, what we're looking at is the fact that you're, you're now got to, if you've got a chief god, the Zeus, if you like, with no nobody underneath them, then how can evil be a threat? Because it can't push away the omnipotence of that central deity. And I am sort of deliberately avoiding whole god-devil thing here, but absolutely the same thing applies there as well. Because, if you want to think about it for a moment, what you probably know about the devil, if you know anything at all, uh, through your sort of Judeo-Christian concepts and also for the record there is a devil in in islam as well the islam is based on the teachings that are also in the new testament and old testament as well the idea is if you have an omnipotent that means so all-knowing and all-powerful god how on earth can you ever trick that god so the idea of the 
of Lucifer being the favoured angel, the most powerful angel, almost like the son of God, somehow having an argument with God and being cast down into hell, that doesn't make any sense. For starters, you don't cast things away that are utterly powerless. You cast things away that you feel a bit threatened by, but God can't feel threatened by anything because God is all-knowing and all-powerful. Also, why on earth do you rebel against something that's all-knowing and all-powerful? This all feels an awful lot like the myths and legends of something like ancient Greece or ancient Egypt, where the gods squabble much like human beings do. And it is worth remembering that whereas the New Testament was written in roughly about the space of a hundred years, maybe a generation after the death of, of Jesus Christ and alleged resurrection, let's, let's not go there. So the, the New Testament itself is actually fairly condensed in terms of time and its writing origins. The Old Testament was written in a number of different countries, in a number of different languages, uh, mainly Hebrew, but not exclusively. And it was written over centuries, arguably perhaps close to a thousand years of collections of, of, of stories. And what it leads to is if you really read the Bible, you realize there are some very different things going on. For example, when Abraham meets God and angels, they are strangers. They're just normal human beings. And Abraham sits down with them and talks to them. And actually partway through the conversation, the stranger says, oh, by the way, I'm God. But interestingly, doesn't quite say that, says, I am the God of the Israelites. And just that phrase alone implies or acknowledges, well, therefore there has to be gods of other people out there as well, because the people who were writing at that time may have had a Jewish monotheistic faith, but they lived in a world surrounded by Roman gods, Greek gods, Hindu gods, Egyptian gods. So writing it any other way just wouldn't have occurred to that author at that time, two and a half thousand years ago, but read slightly oddly in the modern world where monotheism has basically won against, now, yes, I'm aware Hinduism and Buddhism arguably have a number of different gods and spirits, but the two single largest religions in the world, which accounts for nearly half the human population, is Christianity and Islam, and they're definitely monotheistic. So that's interesting. So God of the Israelites. Fast forward a little bit. When you get Moses meeting God, God is so powerful, so awesome that all he can see is, if you like, the afterglow of the Lord Almighty, which is the burning bush. And the, the experience, the way it's written is it's, it's kind of daunting for Moses to have this experience. Whereas for Abraham, it was literally sitting down having a chat with people. It seems to be describing, if you're just looking at it, quite a different situation. Oh, and by the way, with Abraham, the two angels that he was with, where's their wings? The answer is because nobody would come up with the idea of heaven being up in the sky yet, so they didn't need to be described as having wings yet. So, yeah, there's that going on too. But what's interesting, if we continue with Moses for a moment, when when he has this revelation with God and he comes down from the mountain with the Ten Commandments, 
the Jews have all stopped being Jews and have started to worship this golden calf. And actually, there's a lot of other gods and other cults mentioned in the Old Testament. We tend to just pass them by and we quite often they use words which are very alien to us. So we just think, oh, this is oldie culture doesn't mean anything. But actually what they're describing is from their point of view, other gods, religions, culture, society you've probably heard of the term Beelzebub. And there are some people going, oh yeah, that for, for people in the know, that's the real name of the devil. It isn't. The god Baal, which means Lord, was corrupted into Beelzebub, which means Lord of Flies. And this is because, of course, if you are writing down a holy book you're kind of biased to your religion, and therefore all the other religions are always seen as evil and seductive and things to be absolutely avoided because, hey, you've got an idea to sell. You don't want to start giving any credence to the other guy. So bizarrely, in the Book of Kings and Book of Judges in the Old Testament, the god Baal is the most mentioned god apart from Yahweh, okay? So... There is plenty of archaeological evidence to show you that Baal had a widespread following around the southern Mediterranean and Near East in the first millennium BC, which is exactly when the Bible was being written, or the Old Testament, I should say. He was so popular with both Semitic and non-Semitic communities that early monotheistic Jews saw him as a genuine threat. And every time he or his priests are mentioned, it's always in a negative context. And the theme is actually echoed in the Quran, uh, which also mentions uh, Elijah. As I said, you know, they have the same priests and things like that. For the record, if you don't know this, the way the Prophet Muhammad was told, was revelated the Quran, was when the angel Gabriel, Jibriel in, in Arabic, but yeah, the angel Gabriel, that one who went to Mary and told her about she's going to be giving birth to Jesus. So you've literally got some of the same saints, angels, prophets going on in one holy book that's picked up and sometimes expanded upon in the other holy, holy book. So in the Quran, that's where it's actually distorted into Beelzebub. So this is all pretty libelous because Beelzebub Baal is always seen as evil and yet there are literally statues of him. And if I showed you a statue of what Baal looks like, you'll go, is that an Egyptian god? Just looks like a god, really. Doesn't, no horns, no bat wings, nothing like that. Doesn't seem to be evil. And he seems to have been associated with weather, perhaps more specifically storms. But if you're going to use a comparison, that makes him Thor. It doesn't make him the devil. So he was a part of a pantheon of gods, just like so many of them. And there seems to be some evidence that if you wanted a good crop or if you were a sailor and you didn't want to avoid storms, you kept Baal happy. But Baal was not used as a curse or anything like that. And therefore, as I said, that's why the article in the book is referred to, Can the God Baal Sue? Because that is a, an incredible defamation of character. So it's actually thanks to the legacy of Jewish, Christian and Muslim communities that we remember this ancient weather slash storm god as some kind of sinister ancient evil that is almost like a puzzle wrapped up inside the, the Bible or the, the Quran, etc. So the thing is, if you do read your Bible, and this is what the TV series Lucifer gets really wrong, 
is a lot of people think that the devil runs hell, that he's the prince that, that sorts everybody out and carries out all their punishments in hell. That's actually not what the Bible says. The Bible says that he's cast out of heaven and that he is thrown into hell. And so he, if you like, he is the first person to enter hell. And hell is not a fiery pit that was medieval. Hell is just an absence of God. It's almost like being in a dark basement where everybody else is having fun up in the, um, I don't know, roof garden or something like that. That's the original concept of hell. You know, if you believe in God being a light and a power and a knowledge and truth, not having that is absolutely a hell. You don't need burning pits of sulfur to do that. I hope you really enjoyed our first part of our, well, it's two-parter, literally, but two different topics. We're talking about Lucifer and also Devil's Advocate. That's just half of what I've got to say about it. Coming up in a few short days, there will be part two. Got a hundred year plan, you just think about the day. Always been about time, more than been about break. Y'all rope with me, Usain couldn't run with me. Chief come to find you, you'll come for me. At best, you can run a little company. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.